The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Oh God, our heavenly Father, Grant us peace, thy most precious gift, O thou eternal source of peace, and enable us to be a messenger of peace unto the peoples of the earth. Bless our country, that it may ever be a stronghold of peace and the advocate of peace in the council of nations. May contentment reign within its borders, health and happiness within its homes. Strengthen the bond of friendship and fellowship between all the inhabitants of our land. Plant virtue in every soul. And may the love of thy name hallow every home and every heart. Praise be thou, Lord, giver of peace. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10 thousand people in their lifetime problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition once you are willing to stand up for yourself but if every one of you change the lives of just 10 people once you recognize what your rights are and each one of those people change the lives of another 10 people this is the beginning it is not the finale and that's why we're here and that's why we rally and you can change the entire population of the world If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a... You're wrong. Once you are willing to stand up for yourself, then others will show up. Also, what about no children dying? That's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal thing. But their children were saved, and their children's children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. I was born this way. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. We're not bad. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Change it. Change it. Welcome. To public access. Oh, what's up, my man? What's happening, man? Man, I realized last week that I didn't even turn my camera on for like five minutes. Made for, <laughs> made for the worst video, you know? 
I mean, it's, you know, nothing unusual for my home life. You know, me just sitting there talking to myself, (laughs) swearing that maybe there's another voice on the end. It could be God. You never know. It could be some Indian spirit coming to steal your soul. Yeah, no, it's never anything that cool. No, never anything that cool. So just uh, a quick update, by the way. We uh, at Public Access America, are. uh, this is our 699th episode. So congratulations. Isn't that cool? Hey, I love a good 69 with an extra nine. Right? (laughs) (laughs) What's the saying? Um, Men, the way to please men, there's 70 ways to please a man. One of them is beer and the other is 69. Yep. 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 Or George Carlin, how did he say it? You know, I'm 70 years old, but I just call it 69 with a finger in my ass. (laughs) I think that's a little more than one. (laughs) (laughs) You never know at this point. I am excited. And we, so I put, uh, as well as our conversations, we do have other shows that we post from time to time. Um, Moments from history. We did the Joe Biden victory speech because I thought it was important to get him on the record ahead of his, you know, ahead of what he's going to do, just to make sure that we can do that. I spoke to Brittany Nicole, um, Blind Beauty from, I met her on TikTok, and then we had a great conversation about blindness. And then we have some great clip shows where we take Franz and Anemones and Denton County and Adam has a beard and us, and we put them all in one show, about 10 minutes each, so people can hear it all. So there's a lot going on over at Public Access America. That's excellent. How did you, I mean, what topics did you have today? Because my topic obviously is about 10, 15 minutes worth of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's plenty going on in the world right now. So, uh, Hmm. you know, there's the, I think the hot button one that we definitely need to touch on. And I think goes well into your topic is um, this stupid lawsuit that Texas has filed in 17 other states joined on. It's crazy. So when people ask me, what's the difference between a conservative and a libertarian? You know, one of the first things that, you know, I'm actually going to tell you is, is that, you know, when we talk about states rights, we actually mean, you know, states having the right to self-determine, you know, their own elections, their own systems. You know, to me, it's, you know, watching states pass, you know, recreational and medical marijuana. That Mm -hmm. to me is, you know, quintessential states' rights. The feds, they have been slow to adopt a change that uh, honestly is for the benefit of them. Agreed. and, And for every individual state. I think that it should be left up to the states as to whether or not they want to, number one, you know, have it be legal. I going to tell you it's a benefit to you to legalize it simply from the tax revenue side of it Mm -hmm. but number two you know decide whether or not you want interstate traffic um and have those agreements be at a state level right and and then you know basically then the feds you know don't have anything to do with it or they just say okay yeah but you know let's put a federal tax on it you know that would have been their wisest move is is that okay yep we're gonna de- we're gonna make it legal but any state that votes it in there's a five percent tax mm. sales tax on each of it i do you love know. i do love this and the two points i have on that are 
the House just passed a bill to legalize marijuana, which booyah to them. I'm really happy it's not going to go anywhere in this Senate unless Georgia oh, is split. And we've all, it's always been legal to sell marijuana. The problem is, is the government doesn't offer the stamp to allow you to do that. And mm -hmm. that's always been the holdup. And from what I heard, it was from newspaper manufacturers trying to get the edge with their with the land they owned with the wood, you know, with the trees and everything. But mm -hmm. hemp, hemp has turned out to be a miracle plant and we do a lot of things with it. And so we are moving slowly, you know, I mean, right. Florida has legal marijuana. So I mean, <laughs> I, mean I couldn't believe that Matt Gates was one of the people in the house that actually approved it. You yeah. know, just because I was like, I was like, really? You joined in on this? Of all the things, you know, I get his reasoning, though. It's like, you know, I'd prefer my legal marijuana not to be tainted by the feds. Mm -hmm. I get it. Agreed. But, uh, you know, but the problem is, is, is that until the feds actually decide that, you know, they're, they're either going to decriminalize it or just legalize it and tax it, mm -hmm. you know, there's already been a lot of really great research as to why decriminalization or legalization is important because even just from our own experience with the opioid epidemic, like places that have legal medical and recreational marijuana mm -hmm. saw significant drops in opioid usage. I believe that. I believe that. On top of that, I mean, you know, we all heard the horror stories growing up that, you know, my child smoked a weed and then they murdered their, their, their friends. And I'm like, Oh, horse shit. If they just were smoking weed, the only thing they murdered was a bag of Cheetos. Right. But that, that, that all stems from like, remember we talked about war of the worlds as propaganda. Reefer, yeah. reefer madness is the exact same thing to marijuana <laughs> you know, right. that I think War of the Worlds was to propaganda, uh, you know, political propaganda. Well, the other problem, too, was is that, you know, people in the 60s grew up with this idea, you know, that, you know, weed was this great thing, and it was, but they were all smoking ditch weed. Right. And then you start to see in the 70s and 80s that, you know, in order to get a little bit more punch, they're lacing it with other crap. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's it's not it's not untrue that someone smoked a joint and killed a bunch of people, but it wasn't because they were just smoking weed. Right. That crap was laced, and, and even, that's even, dangerous. Even now, the illegal drugs we get from Mexico, they use heavy metals. They put it in the weed so that it weighs more. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And and so I'm all in favor of federal intervention. I don't know who would regulate that though. Would there need to be regulation? Would it be an FDA sort of thing or would it be a different department altogether regulating the potencies and strains nope. and no, nope. no feds, just let it go. Nope. No, no feds. Um, the, the only thing that the feds could have any sort of involvement if they, if they chose it. And while I, you know, I, I have my feelings about it. Honestly, I think the only thing that that should that they should be involved with, with is the taxation and allow all of the states to figure out what works for them. And states will, you know, every state's going to try something different, a little mm. bit different until they figure out what method it is that works. And then other states are going to look at those methods that work and adopt as they see fit. It is a great opportunity for the free market. 
you know it this is this is a libertarian dream isn't it like pretty free, much let's see how the free market balances and and regulates itself because because right now what at least what you're seeing out here in washington is you know yeah there's heavy regulations you know and some of them are good like for example can't be using pesticides in your wheat you know like like glyphosate and things like that right so i mean there are some there are some good regulations out there but um, in terms of how, you know, you know, what your product is going to look like, what, you know, really it's, you know, the biggest issues right now in the state of Washington are, number one, making sure that, you know, whatever is being grown is making it to a shelf and not being, you know, smuggled interstate. Because mm-hmm. that is actually a problem, um, at least, you know, with its current legalization status by the U.S., mm. But number two, you know, that whole issue of who's actually making money off of it. Um, Because then, you know, if you have stuff that's entering the black market, you know, you have less control over it. You know, the state doesn't get their tax. But the reality is, is is that, you know, with weed being as plentiful as it is out here, you know, you can find the place that works for you. You can find the place that has, you know the strains that you want, the, the, I mean, there's a place here that, you know, they, they have, you know, the shop on one side, but on the other side, they have a coffee shop where you can actually get CBD infusions in Mm. your tea. And let me tell you something, someone who has chronic shoulder pain, it's like, I don't need to be high. I just need this to go away. Right. Because taking, you know, 15 ibuprofen a day is not good for the kidneys. Right. See, I have a food, a food thing. I don't, I don't like to eat. That's my depression. I don't know mm-hmm. why it is, but that's what it's turned into. And so giving me a sativa and I can take it in the morning and then go about my day and then suddenly be like, Hey, I'm hungry. You know what I mean? So right. we're not smoking it in blunt form as much as we're just trying to find the balance of medicine that works mm-hmm. for us. And that's, and, and that's one of those things where the states need to be able to figure out what's going to work best for their population, how they want to regulate it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, at least here in the state of Washington, you know, where I go, the product is consistent. The people who, who sell the stuff, I mean, literally it's like walking into a restaurant, they hand you, a, you know, you get handed a menu and you can browse through and, you know, right. the people know their product. They're like, they'll, they ask you, what are you looking for? You know, mm-hmm. are you looking, you know, for me, it's pain relief. You know, I don't want to, or need to be high. Right. 99.999% of the time. Yeah, sure. Every once in a while, I want to get a little goofy and, you know, eat yeah. a box of Girl Scout cookies. But for me, it's more about pain control. So mm-hmm. topical stuff is great. There are some great CBD edibles that help with, you know, my muscles and loosening them up. So, okay. <clears throat> you know, and with, you know, more and more states actually recognizing that, you know, cannabidol is a non-intoxicant and the science showing that cannabidol is a non-intoxicant. It's getting to the point now where, where the feds and the FDA have to realize that CBD, you could actually just completely, you could almost completely remove that side of it from Mm. any sort of criminal, you know, or, or even restrictions. Yeah. Um, Um, but the, the THC side, I get where there are some concerns, 
you know, like for example, the, well, you know, at least if you're drunk and you're driving, you know, the officer roll, you know, you roll down the window and the officer smells booze. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But here's the other issue that you have at hand. Breathalyzers get tossed a lot of the time. <clears throat> Field sobriety tests. If you're dealing with somebody like me who already has, you know, mm. balance issues or um, anybody blind, for example, right? you know, but then also too, it's, if they are wanting to preserve a case against you, they do a blood draw for, for alcohol. Sure. If you're at work and you get injured, they do a blood test and a pee test. They don't, they don't leave it to chance. Exactly. I'm sorry. It it goes back to my thing. I mean, and if weed works for you, that's fine. If cocaine works for somebody else in a refined form that we've worked on, that's great too. If, if medicinal um, LSD works for you or microdosing, please, we should have the abilities to try these things. I don't, I don't think the government ever had the right to say you can't do this because you're on American soil. That doesn't work for me. You know? <laughs> right. Right. And I have my issues with it too. Um, but at the same time too, I can look at, you know, looking at data as to why certain things should be you know, restricted. Medicinal cocaine is something that we tried and, and turns mm-hmm. out that does not have any medicinal properties. <laughs> well, what, uh, maybe it does for a smaller section. Like I always refer back to this guy, Gil, who could, he could do a line and then go to work and do everything. And that's, that was good for him, but I could never do that. And so right. I would do, go do a one hitter and he'd be like, I can't even smoke weed and work. I don't know how you do that. It messes me up really bad. And so right. diff- different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. I think, but I think we need the opportunity to figure out what does work and doesn't work for us. Exactly. And, and on top of that, I mean, you're going to have different restrictions. Like for example, states are going to require that you can't be high while you're working. That's, right. that's just going to be a, that's always going to be a thing. And, and that boils down to a couple of issues. Number one, safety, you know, yeah, you, you might feel normal, but you know, you are slightly impaired, but also number two, consent. I mean, we have laws in place that if you're under the influence, like in a contractual setting, mm-hmm. if you're under the influence, you actually can't consent to signing contracts. That's true. You know, because you're not of, you know, in a legal sense of sound mind and body when you're trying, yeah. when you're making an agreement, which to me makes sense. You know, the employers have employer rights and they, they get to dictate the terms of their Mm-hmm. environment so that's that's fine with me i just you can't say that exactly. because i smoked weed 29 days ago and you're testing you think right. i'm still impaired now there has to be a better testing has to improve you know what i mean absolutely and and um, you know unfortunately that's just been hampered by the illegality of it yeah. you know as as it becomes more legal and you know Science is allowed to do what it does best. Mm-hmm. We're going to get better, less invasive testing methods. Yeah, the more it's out of the shadows and we're allowed to investigate it. You know, I had a boss tell me once, he's like, I know when you're high. And I was like, how do you know when I'm high? He's like, you're quiet when you're high. And I was like, you want to know when I'm high? And he's like, when? And I'm like, all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But so if it was regulated, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had those swings that I would have been able to figure out what works for me, you know? And so. Well, and also too, it's, you know, when it's legal and, you know, regulated at a state level, 
mm-hmm. your product is consistent. So it's not like you get, you know, something really strong one time that just lays you out and right. something where you pretty much have to smoke an entire bale. Right. You know, and right now I can, I can go in and I can get the same thing every single time and get the same experience every single time without worrying whether or not I'm going to get one that's way too strong mm-hmm. or way too weak. That's right. That's right. And, and on top of that, it's like, you know, on top of that, I mean, the person that was work that's working at that shop, let's be realistic. Some of these people that own these shops, they were selling this shit already. Yeah. And, 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 and the state wasn't getting their money out of it, their, their tax money. So let's be realistic, you know, but now we having these people be actual tax paying citizens that reduces your unemployment rate. Yeah. There are people that can work these shops now because, you know, they understand that the wide range of people who work in these shops are anywhere from people who have uh, any sort of disability to your average regular everyday person. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, you know, wider uh, employment scopes, everything from sales to, you know, growth to curing to packaging to you put people to work. And that's one of those things. It's like if if you wanted to win in terms of unemployment, legalize weed. Yeah, it's going to it's going to put a lot of people to work and it's going to make a lot of money flow. And it gets rid of a lot of crime. The House bill, by the way, expunges all of the crimes associated with it. I'd really like to uh, read the bill and then find out what their plan is. Because I think what you're saying makes sense because the states grew the idea of legalizing marijuana before the federal government said, let's do this. And so, but I think like if the federal government comes up with an idea, they get to decide the terms of the idea and then the, the mm-hmm. states vote on that right and so right. i think i do think there should be less federal intervention because mm-hmm. it's a state idea it's not a federal idea absolutely to me to me the only intervention you know like you brought up that the feds really should have you know outside of taxation which i got my own feelings about that mm-hmm. i feel that i feel like the feds can hose off on that one and the states can tax how they see fit for their for their own populations the fed fed will make its money on taxing the other things like containers and and the banks and and, and yeah the incomes and they'll make their money that way so they can so they can they can fuck off as far as i'm concerned and by the way that's part of my that's part of my understanding of how i'd like the government to be i'd rather they invest in this stuff and then make the money from the business that grows, <clears throat> then, then tax it every other way to box it into growth. You're boxing, well, you're boxing something's growth when you're taxing it by income and then by product and then by state and then by sales. You're, you're boxing their growth in, but if you're taking mm-hmm. dividends, you're, you're eliminating all of those restrictions. Well, and I think too, here's where, you know, here's where I would say there's some wise money that the feds could make in offering a few different things. Like for example, SBA loans, help those minority owned businesses, mm. small businesses, vet owned businesses, yes. you know, cause, cause that touches a wide range of people. And by making that small business fund open to those people, so that way they can invest in their storefronts, invest in their in their growing operations. Yes, and they make their money back on that. Mm-hmm. I love you know? the co-op idea. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish it was exactly. a 
I wish our food place had a wheat place right next to it. You know what I mean? I love that. And like in New York or New Jersey, what they're planning on doing is giving um, African-Americans the majority stake in the industry because they were left behind in so many other industries. Um, they want to give the industry to the African-American community and say, here you go. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's kind of that's stereotypical. That's yeah. like saying, hey, next to all the liquor stores on every corner, we're just going to put another weed store because we want you drunk, stoned, and compliant. You know? Well, and, and I mean, that just is the slap in the face in terms of history, considering how much they've been vilified for smoking the weed. And then, right. of course, you had the crack epidemic and all of that. What next? You're going to give the crack business to? That, yeah. that just sounds awful. Like, it does. Or how about it's like, hey, you know what? We'll we'll fund you guys some one percent loans to start up your own businesses. Yeah. You know, the standard rate is let's say three point five percent. We'll we'll fund you at one percent. Mm-hmm. So that way you guys can stand up your businesses. But I would also say that you <clears throat> should make that available for the disabled or for the Latinos or or for uh, someone that's poor. I think you should give those people the opportunities before you let uh. Lorillard take over the industry or a Marlboro, you know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. And and to me, that's I think that's going to be one of your best operations is allowing the mom and pop industries to really take that one over. Yeah. Because because for them, it's it's you know their focus is on their product, not necessarily on you know just consumer growth. Because mm. you're you know when you look at this at a state level perspective. You know, these companies, if they can't sell interstate, they're going to focus on what, you know, their small area, you know, and what they're buying. So Mm -hmm. it allows them to focus more on the product, you know, and trying to get that product into stores and, you know, have the employees be able to, you know, speak to their experience on the product because that's where you get stuff that sells. Yeah. Every, you know, you go into one of these shops and it's, you know, there's a lot of pretty packaging and colors and some are a little more bland than others. Mm -hmm. And some of them work better than others. And, you know, really, you know, for, for, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, that go into these stores, but you really do fall into a couple of different realms. And the realm is, you know what you want, you know what you're looking for. You've used the same strain. God knows how many times it's predictable for you. You know, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen in your system. So you go and you buy that strain or you go into a place, you have no idea what you're doing. You just know you're looking for an experience. Right. And from there, they give you a list of recommendations that Mm -hmm. will get you. It'll, it's more about actually serving the population than it is about just selling a product. Yeah. I know I got a, for my introduction, I got a little gift box and it had uh, waxes in it and it had a vape pen and a couple of the, you know, containers. And so it had a whole bunch, it had an indica and a sativa and it was really nice. It gave me an opportunity to, you know, I don't like the wax by the way. (laughs) And so it's like, but I've never had the edibles. So I don't, I don't really know how those are, but I like, I told my friend, you, you want like a vape pen because Mm -hmm. You can use it when you're stressing out, 
but it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't affect you. You know, one, one drag off a vape pen in a bathroom, if you're stressing, will really help a lot. And he said, no, I just want to get high at the end of the night. And I was like, oh, fuck it then. You don't want that. <laughs> no. And, 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 you know, it's like anything else, you know, like a pen is great for that quick release where you need something to help, you know, either deal with pain or deal with anxiety or any number of things. The edibles are great in terms of how long they last. Okay. So, so like for me, this, I like the CBD at night because it lasts me through most of the night and it makes that shoulder pain go away because mm. you know, I've got a 20, uh, 20, I've got like a 15 year old work injury that, you know, I have a permanent tear in my shoulder mm. and it just hurts constantly. And I've taken opioids. I've taken, you know, enough ibuprofen to probably kill a small army. Yeah. Tylenol doesn't do anything on me. And, you know, the only thing that you know, doctors are willing to prescribe to me are opioids. And I, my problem is, is I like the opioids. Me too. They don't really work on me, but there's no, a, something called Dilaudid that I love. <laughs> and, and, and for me, that's a problem because I yeah. don't want to be non-functional. I need to actually right. function, mm -hmm. you know, so getting the relief at night helps me sleep and that helps my shoulder feel better. So the, and, and that CBD works, you know, whether I do CBD edibles, uh, CBD vape pen, or I've even got some topicals that I use when my muscles are really bothering me. Hmm. And it's the only thing that's ever worked. I love that. You're going to have to um, give me a link to something for that so that I can let other people like kind of research that a little more. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing is I, you know, I want people to realize that you can find some pain relief without being stoned out of your gourd, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and the best part is, is, and the best part is, is that just depending on, you know, where you're at, you know, like for example, the CBD rub, that's legal in all 50 States. You nice. can get that shipped to you in terms of the pens on the other hand. I mean, they're like, it's like a 20 to one mix. So unfortunately that's not legal. Right. Not everywhere. Not everywhere. Not yet. But not yet. So. But I do love it. So, and that's where I, and that's where I say like, when we want to talk about states rights, <laughs> like this is one of those great places where it's the libertarian dream. Like, let states decide how they want, because from there it's like, great, you're going to tax your product. Now you get to decide where you want that tax money to go. Does it go into the healthcare system? Does it go into the education system? Does yeah. it go into, you know, funding loans for, you know, minority owned businesses to yeah. get them up and off the ground and get them working or a rainy day fund for something that happens. I have a problem with rainy day funds because rainy day funds get a lot of money and then they don't get used on anything worthwhile for the people. It usually goes, it usually goes, politicians put it into their own special interest uh, projects okay. that fund their cronies. Well, I really think the problem with the rainy day fund in Washington state is this split, split government. I think the Republicans mm -hmm. are trying to make uh, Inslee <clears throat> look bad. So they're not allowing him to access the, funds he needs for the rainy days that are here and that's that's my philosophy i think a rainy, day, a rainy day fund is a is a good idea when you i don't want a government spending it on projects just to spend it 
You know what I mean? I don't want them searching for the loon bird or something. Because the bridge they, to they, nowhere. Yeah, because they need to spend $800,000 on something. So, and, 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 and really, the, you know, that's what ends up happening with those rainy day funds. That's why I have a problem with them is, is that, you know, eventually somebody's like, oh, hey, one of my buddies needs to get paid. So I'm going to green light this project that is hmm. absolutely useless to most people, except right. for my buddy and maybe a select few people. Exactly. I don't, we had that issue come up here in Washington about four years ago where they wanted to create like a, they wanted to create a tax pool for green energy investment. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, tell me that you're, you tell me that you're creating a tax so that way you can buy more windmills. Tell me you're creating a tax so you can put up more nuclear. Tell mm -hmm. me you're creating a tax so that way you can deal with hydro, thermal, whatever you're going to do. Because all that green energy investment tells me is, is that maybe you're going to, maybe you'll write some loans to some of your buzz buddies, green businesses yes. that don't actually ever produce anything and then go out of business. We saw yeah. that happen, unfortunately, under Obama's administration. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like the idea of government picking the winners and losers. I do like the idea of, of the government saying, I'm going to buy X from you to put up. Yes, I agree with that. So give me something specific, like, you know, for example, you know, and during that time frame, we all, you know, we also had a tax here where it was like, they wanted to increase the sales tax uh, here. So that way uh, we could fund more bus lines hmm. at the same time. What ended up happening was we found out, you know, we found out locally here in Olympia that um, they had to update their fare system, their fare collection system, because that was, outdated and old hmm. and literally the cost of updating the system and replacing it with something new it honestly just worked out better to just remove the fare collection systems and make public transit open to the people it does right just get on a so, bus why why are you charging me to get on a bus that i paid through taxes for already <laughs> and in, and and after that ridership jumped mm -hmm. you know because you know, as it stood, right, as it stood, you know, there were a lot of local state agencies and companies that would reimburse you your fares. Mm. So, you know, if you were riding the bus, they would actually either A, buy you a bus card or B, reimburse you for your fares. Right. And after that, it's like, oh, you mean we don't have to do that anymore? Sweet. Yeah. You know, people didn't have to file all the paperwork and all that other crap in order to get their reimbursements. That's the thing Literally about, just jump on a bus and get to work. That's the thing about Medicare for all, though, is that people are saying the same thing. You're going to put so many people out of work by just giving it free. And it's the same thing. So, but I, I love the idea. We paid for it already. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to, so I want to get to something. We got, we should, can we move on? Wait, we were originally talking about texas's lawsuit and yeah so from and what the I, states rights <laughs> from what i heard the state's attorneys uh there's a story behind why texas started the lawsuit because of oh, yeah. fbi investigations go and look that up and decide for yourself whether that's true or not it's conjecture but mm -hmm. why did 17 other states jump onto this and they're saying that texas is doing this in in the name of the people of Texas. And I don't know if the people of Texas realize that Ted Cruz wants to argue in the Supreme Court on behalf of the people of Texas. <laughs> this is a fun one. Um, so 
this, so this is where I say like the difference between a conservative and a libertarian, mm-hmm. you know, one of the main differences is when we say states rights, we mean, you know, states rights to self-determination and four of those states, those four states that are being sued, self-determined that Joe Biden is their president elect. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, what they've brought up is, is that, oh, well, all of these changes that they made, you know, it's like, okay, well, you could have actually sued about those changes beforehand. Mm-hmm. But here's the funny part is, is that, you know, Montana had mail-in voting and Trump still won. So is it actually the issue regarding mail-in voting? No. Oh, wait, no, it's not because your guy won there. It's the changes. It's not even that. It's that Trump lost because those changes were made in states where Trump won. They were so made. It's not actually all, about changes were made in all fifty states. It's called a pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> right? And and these changes that were made, you know, benefited Trump in some states. Mm-hmm. And 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 these four states. Well, Georgia was one that we didn't expect. Let's let's be honest there. That was one we weren't exactly expecting, but yeah. I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, especially you know, Stacey Abrams has done a lot of work there, and so have a lot of people with lesser names, by the way. Exactly. You know, to think that you know the last time Georgia went blue was for Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and the great thing is, is that it was, it was. Uh, it was helped by a lot of immigrants moving there to build houses and stuff. And they stayed and this is their, their children turning 18. And actually there's two, there's, there's like 65,000 kids that are going to be 18 by the, by January 4th. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so they're, the Democrats are really drawing on the younger generation. And so I think Georgia's blue to stay. I think it's going bluer. I, I do. I, mean, I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's going bluer. I think it's going to end up being kind of like a, a purple. You know, sometimes it's going to be red. Sometimes it's going to be blue. Yeah. And that's you know that's perfectly fine. You know, every mm. state's going to be able to self determine what works. You know, one of the things that people are going to have to remember though is, is that you know some of those kids came up in a very conservative way, and that sure. those those values are going to stick with them. And, you know, I think from uh, on the liberal side, they need to get over this idea that, well, if you're a minority, you're going to vote blue. Mm-hmm. That's that in and of itself is a huge problem because that, that totally neglects how they might've been raised, whether they're religious or not. Of course. Or, you know, what they see as, or what, you know, a lot of them rightfully see as, you know, the you know liberal governments you know courting them only to just you know ignore their phone call when it comes time to mm-hmm. you know pay the piper for that vote that was cast i don't think that's going to happen anymore i honestly don't i and i i want to say i want those conservative minorities in georgia to stick with the democratic party and keep it keep it from flying off in one direction i we need the joe mansions of the of the democratic party as well as the aocs that's that's the beauty of it you know what i mean honestly i honestly i want to see i want to see a major split um in the democrats just like i want to see a major split in the republicans because Mm -hmm. you know 
the progressive side of the of the party they need to you know people need to actually have that platform and stick with that platform the libertarian side you know we kind of showed you know trump that's like look you know <laughs> we don't like you <laughs> we don't like you i don't think a libertarian is conservative i see a, I, I see a it, libertarian spanning the whole spectrum like an independent it's just we're put, more so where i we're put, in more ni- minute details than we are broad swaths you know everybody likes to put the libertarians into the conservative vote simply because you know we tend to uh adhere you know more towards the constitution we tend mm-hmm. to adhere more towards you know states rights and self-determination there are a few things that you know i understand that the feds absolutely have to have some control over but they're few and far between sure but you believe but i put myself i would put myself pre you know you know, you've got the left and you've got the right and then you have you know, authoritarian down on the bottom and libertarian up on the top. Okay. I'm right in the middle, up towards the top. It's like, okay. I'm not left, I'm not right. It's like, there are times where, you know, I see things as needing to be conservative, like financial things, for example. Sure. You need to look, you need to look at uh, economics from a very conservative standpoint. You know, some less, regulations less regulation. Mm-hmm. Some, some regulations really hurt and they don't do anything very yeah. helpful look at our tax program right mm-hmm. um but on the other side of the coin too it's like you know i just want you know gay married couples to protect their weed with fully automatic weapons yeah. i don't it your life doesn't affect me and and this idea on the conservative side that you know their marriage is lesser because a gay man can kiss a gay man in a in a church is absolutely asinine if your marriage is that frail that two men who have nothing to do with you weaken your marriage you should probably reevaluate your marriage (laughs) right and if you're staying with somebody for the sole sole reason that you have a piece of paper that you both have signatures on that's that's not a marriage either no so like that so that stuff is just absolutely asinine and absolutely crazy like Mm -hmm. you know my biggest problem is is in all of this is is that the government has more the, the federal government has a lot of controls that they shouldn't have and if you're paying attention in the news you're seeing that fight right now where you have the republicans trying to strip states and overturn elections right like I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't want King Trump. Right. I don't want. I didn't want no kings. No. Like the idea that the idea that the feds can go in and overturn a state's vote is should be very concerning. Concerning to anybody who considers themselves number one a libertarian, mm. or number two, a, a, you know, if you're a true conservative, not not a, one of the cultists or an American. I mean, I, that should go without saying, but right. here we are. <laughs> well, I think people think that you're less of an American because you're a libertarian and they're, they're a Trump supporter, so they don't really like you. And a Trump supporter isn't as much American because, well, God damn, they're trying to turn over our democracy. They're literally, you know, to the point of it's, you know, they're, they want their one guy to stay in power. Well, I know that there were probably a lot of British loyalists who felt that way. Sure, and this is just last call at the bar. This is that last group of people screaming, we want one more drink, we want one more drink. I know what everybody else doesn't, well, the media isn't telling you, and that is Donald Trump will 
slide into obscurity. The only reason people pay attention to him is because he has power. And the Supreme Court just proved that. He's out. They know it. He wants something. And they said no. Because they don't owe him anything beyond his power. And when he mm-hmm. has no official power, he's going to be an Alex Jones. He's going he's gonna to be living mm-hmm. in Moscow underneath Vladimir Putin, broadcasting from VTV, you know? So don't worry about Donald Trump. Worry about the movement, the Nikki Haley's, the uh, Mike Pompeo's. you got to worry about the Mike Pence's, you know, the, the people that think they actually survived this. you got to pay attention to where uh, – Caitlin McEnany goes or Stephen Miller goes. You got to know where they're going. And like, uh, I'm going to talk about something Mitch McConnell for a minute because he knows Trump is done because he's trying to move his, uh, his wife, Elaine Chow, who was transportation secretary into the Kennedy center so that she Mm -hmm. can keep having a position. Cause I don't think he thinks he's going to have a job after January 4th. But so here's the thing that I want, cause we're, we're 40 minutes in. Mm-hmm. They want to, they want to pass a stimulus package in the Senate and it's a bipartisan yep. thing and mm-hmm. it's $900 billion. And mm-hmm. the two things I think people need to know in the cliff note short version is 500 billion of that is from the original stimulus package that isn't used. That mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't why it wasn't used because people need it. But so, the Democrats went from three trillion down to three hundred and ninety-six billion. That is horrible. We, we're never gonna we're never gonna move to the left if we're constantly compromising with the right. And the other thing is, it's being held up because Mitch McConnell wants uh, exemptions from companies from killing their employees because of a lack of safety. And those are two things and two important nonpartisan things. Mm -hmm. I don't like the bill. I don't want the bill. I don't, it does nothing for me. It does something for Americans, but I'm going to have to pay for it eventually. And I think Mm -hmm. there's 500 billion that you haven't used. Why are you asking for more? But on the other hand, I don't think What's it, I don't. I wanted to get your opinion on was can the federal government take away my right? Like, can they take away my right if I'm if 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 I'm injured at work because of their neglect? I can't sue them because Mitch McConnell put it in a piece of paper. Ooh, <clears throat> this is a tough one. It's fucked up. Basically, so the way that they're trying to word this, and this is where it gets really tough. And this is where it puts the burden on the everyday person, you know, because the pandemic is as spread as it is and Mm. people are having to work. They don't want companies to be liable for you getting sick and or dying. But this is, this is a very important, but negligence is always a factor in overruling that. But that puts the burden on you. You have to prove that your employer was negligent. And this is where this gets really tough because what what the Republicans see as negligent versus what the Democrats see as negligent, the language is very, very mm-hmm. far apart. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's far apart for political reasons, not based on anything scientific. 
you know, the Democrats, they, they think anything short of everybody staying at home is negligent. The Republicans, they see everything, uh, everything that requires people to wear a mask or, 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 you know, like companies having to provide that stuff. They see that as, you know, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. They, they, they believe in economy. They think people should be at work. And, and, and the issue at hand here is, is that when it comes to negligence, basically you have, you, you have to prove that your employer is intentionally doing things to put you in harm's way. You showing up to your job, unfortunately, is not negligence, and the left needs to understand that. But your employer flouting laws that require masking and PPE mm-hmm. is straight negligence. Agreed. Agreed. And the reason I keep saying that, and I feel like a damn broken record is, is that we literally have two countries that have proven that simple PPE has kept their numbers low yeah. and their economy open. Yeah. Like this is, I would say that I'm not a math person, but that's a lie. I paid a lot of money to be a math person. (laughs) And South Korea and Japan have gotten it right. I know that there's going to be some people that say, well, China has low numbers. Look, I don't trust China's numbers as far as they can throw them. And you know, they're playing with imaginary numbers. There was an interesting comment about that is that they had to deal with the SARS epidemic and so they were kind of predisposed. They were pre-immune to certain aspects of COVID, and so it was easier to eliminate. Um, I think it was their authoritarian state locking up people and then letting them out one by one once they were non-infectious. Yep. Um, but also, too, there, there, there's reports coming out now that you know people were under pro- under reporting to the person above them who was under reporting to the person above of them. Course. Who was under report. Of course, China's playing with imaginary numbers, and yes. and anybody who thinks otherwise, yeah, I'm sorry. R- Russia too. I mean, come on, really? Oh yeah, a lot of these, a lot of places are you know under reporting it. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they? You know, there's why. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna end up getting finding yourself shot in a ditch, it might as well be trying to, you know, save your ass. I mean, like the media portrays our numbers as like sacred, and the truth is, is they've been complaining the whole time that the numbers have been manipulated. So why suddenly did you just say, yeah, these are the real numbers? I believe the numbers could be double that because, Mm -hmm. like you said, everybody's been downplaying it up the ladder. And that lady in Florida that actually tried like posting the real numbers after she got right. fired just got raided by the cops because they think a crime might have occurred on her computer. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope, I hope someone crazy. was a bro and deleted her browsing history. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, Republicans be a little crazy, you know? <laughs> you know, it's it's. It's real funny how how they're like, oh well, we don't want blah 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 blah. But the moment that you know, mm. it doesn't you know the moment that it doesn't help them, they're all for it. Yeah, and this is the time to ask every Republican the question. This is the time. Do you really believe that the president has blanket power? Do you think 
that Joe Biden deserves the same power that you offered Donald Trump, the Unitarian executive. If your answer is yes to Trump and no to Biden, you're a problem. You're a problem. The good coin. Because, good because, if, because that's the whole, if you're looking for tyrants, take a look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You're allowing someone to act like a tyrant. I don't want Joe Biden to have any of the powers that Donald Trump has had. And I don't want Donald Trump to have the powers that he has had. Exactly. I don't give a shit what leader it is. Yeah. The level of power that they have is dangerous. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's our point. I think that's both of our points and why we do this is to let you know the left is, the left is fucked. The right is fucked. And we, you need to rise above that to look at both of them and go, that's crap. <laughs> like this is it's an objective look. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want Joe Biden to have the level of powers that Donald Trump has had. I don't mm-hmm. want I didn't want Donald Trump to have the level of powers that Obama had. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Obama to have the level of powers that George W. Bush had. That's right. That's like, right. It, it, it for me it's not about party. I don't think that they should have those level of powers. No. I that is you are the executive of the people's will. You don't get to just interject your own. And I think the penalty for Donald Trump would should be and it's a personal opinion that I haven't thought a lot about. I believe that that investigative branch should be a fourth branch of government. I don't I don't think the executive branch should be the leader of that. He can be the leader of our militias and our armies. I don't care, commander in chief, but I don't think he should be atop of the D- Department of Justice. Was the- it? A, wasn't it? Uh, it was either Vermont or New Hampshire. Hampshire had a fourth, uh, fourth branch that was essentially an accountability or or, or uh, investigative branch that was run by the people and that they had for a lot of years. Okay. And, well, I, don't, and, I don't know if that would work or not. I just think it's it's a good idea. Oh, I, I think it's a fantastic idea because the reality is, is that, you know, we the people have bought and paid for all of these powers, all of these mm-hmm. laws, all of all of the the weaponry, all of the mechanisms that are being used to squash the people. Yeah. And we deserve to know what is happening, how our money is being spent, how -hmm. these powers are being used. Because if we don't know that, then who's to say that, you know, we're not, we're, who's to say that we are, Mm -hmm. we're not aware of what's worst out there that our government is doing. Exactly. To us. To us. Like, I mean, let's be realistic. We know that we do some shady shit to other countries. Let's <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna entertain ideas otherwise, but the shady shit that's done to us, the people who are writing those checks. Mm-hmm. It's done to us as well. Yeah, I mean but our, you, I our mean, government can't... spying on us was was should have been clue number one. And yes. when people, you know, start going, Oh my gosh, did you know that you're did you know that Alexa could be used to spy on you? I'm like, hi, welcome to 2012. You, have you know, no in the eight years, in the eight year sense, there's a few other things that you should probably know about. Yep. That's amazing. And there's a line from one of my favorite movies, Enemy of the <clears throat> State. And John Voight is like, there is no privacy. Maybe the only privacy we're allowed anymore is the thoughts in our head. Maybe that should just be enough. And I'm like, I always think about that line, you know? 
Well, I always think about how eventually, like, like for example, you know, as much as I love the idea, mm. you know, where, where Elon Musk is wanting to do Neuralink, mm-hmm. ah, it's gonna, that's just one more place where your privacy is going to go to hell. Exactly. Of course, I'm also the person that would be like, oh, you want to read my mind? Okay, here's a thousand <laughs> terrible thoughts that now are in yours. Yes, you can't take that away. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I even have a friend who goes, you know, every morning I sit down and I have a cup of coffee and then I see an image come through from you and I cringe because I don't know if I'm going to find it hilarious or if I'm going to want to claw my eyeballs out. Right. No, I agree. And I'm like, yeah, now just imagine that I'm only sending you 10% of the horrible things that I look at. And he goes, oh, dear God, please don't send me anything. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on that topic, because we're running out of time, and there is there is so much that we didn't even cover. I wanted to try and talk a little bit about the Facebook. Um, Ooh, I, uh, this one I like. Okay. I know, but we need kind of a, almost a whole episode for that, Jeffrey. You know what I mean? Oh, That's the thing. There's, there, there is so much that we could talk about in yeah. regards to Facebook, but like the quick cliff notes. Yeah, give me a cliff note. We'll both, we'll both do our final things. How about that? Yeah, quick cliff notes on this one is actually that, you know, so Facebook, as we know it, is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And the issue has been that, the there has been an inability to compete with Facebook. Right. You know, MySpace and Facebook had its competition back in the mid 2000s and well, MySpace became a virus haven and Facebook won. And since then, any social media platform that has been on the rise, Facebook has either bought and dismantled or bought and integrated. Hmm. And so you have Instagram that, you know, is now under Facebook's realm and WhatsApp, which is under Facebook's realm. Right. So basically, you, you know, the left and the right have both rightfully agreed and, you know, 46 states and a few territories have all rightfully agreed that Facebook is an illegal monopoly. Facebook controls major swaths of the social media realm. And that, Facebook needs to divest because they, what they are doing is they are intentionally quashing uh, potential other parties. Now the question has come up whether or not um, any of these parties could have stood up against Facebook. I mean, unfortunately the only, the only current answer, uh, the only current potential answer to Facebook is being used by the right, and that's Parler. But even right now, it's being flooded by pornography and conspiracy theory. I mean, I, I this is a hilarious one to me that I've heard, and is that Parler right now is being flooded by pornography, and part of me wonders if that's not just facebook's doing in some way shape or form to make the platform unusable which i think would be absolutely hilarious personally the idea that this super conservative alt-right mecca platform is just being flooded by porn from facebook just makes me fucking laugh (laughs) because you know this it's just absolutely ridiculous i mean Parlor is a hot shit show and there's mm-hmm. no way that it that it would ever really truly compete with Facebook. And there are other social media platforms out there. You know, you've got Reddit, you've you've got um TikTok. 
TikTok, you've got YouTube. YouTube mm. is, is surprisingly a really uh, another one out there. There is some competition, but Facebook has has really intentionally, and there I say this intentionally, bought and dismantled or bought and integrated competition, and yeah. that is illegal. Exactly the way that they've done it. So it wouldn't surprise me if you end up seeing Facebook having to divest from Instagram and WhatsApp because even by Zuckerberg's own admission and in, in some writings like 10 years ago said it's better, it's better to acquire than to compete. Mm. That's right. And that's what I, I remember AT&T and Ma Bell, I think it was, or I don't remember. I know that, um, what was that? That was the only monopoly I remember being divided, you know, was the phone company at the time. Um, yeah. What was it? Bell Atlantic? Yeah. And then it, that's what AT&T turned into. So yep. I, I don't like Facebook. I don't like them at all. And I wouldn't use them if I didn't have to. <laughs> I liked I liked Facebook when it first came out. The idea that we could just share goofy photos and yeah. statuses and poke yeah. each other 700 times in a row. Yeah. And now, you know, I don't like the I don't like that it's become a place where people are sharing news. I if I want news, I'm going to go to a site and I'm going to go read the news. Yeah. Because all of these random ass dot .org or dot .truth or dot .whatever. Like it's so bad. Yeah. It's you know, like I I'm dealing with people posting shit about how the vaccine is going to sterilize women. I'm like What? Wow. Or or that the vaccine could cause cancer. It could. What? It could in small doses. I mean, it could. It could. We don't know the long-term effects. But I will say this. Out of all of the vaccines we have created, it's zero the of them have caused cancer. That's in true. fact, we have more vaccines that actually prevent cancer. Mm. Then cause cancer, but millions, billions upon billions upon billions of doses, and then of course you know the the vaccines cause autism group. In which case, I've got a couple of friends who are mm. like, great. So when I get the vaccine here in a few months, does that mean I'm finally going to have double autism? No, I just out of all the vaccines that we've ever had, none of them have rewritten RNA. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So this is a, but I think this is. They can right now, right now, go ahead and use this vaccine to protect us from the next 50 pandemics. And by the way, the next one is coming out of India. So beware of that. You know what I mean? And, so and, and here's, where, here's cool. something that I think is really awesome that Dr. Fauci touched on uh, yesterday and today. You know, he wanted, you know, because, you know, the black population has had an issue with vaccinations and, and government mm -hmm. work. I Rightfully so. You know, Fauci put it out there that one of the people who worked on Moderna's vaccine is a black woman. Hmm. Great, a great article. You know, he's like, I get it. You know, here's, we had a black woman working on this vaccine, you mm -hmm. know, and, and whether or not that lends any credence or trust, you know, to that particular vaccine, yeah. I, I will let people decide for themselves. But the fact that, you know, he's, he's making sure that, there's been some representation in the development of vac of this vaccine. That's important. Oh my God. There is so much minority representation in the creation of this vaccine. It's, 
it's amazing the people that have it's it's probably the coolest thing we've done as a world and it sucks that we had to do it in this divided way but that just means it's even more powerful exactly and the reality is is, is that yes every vaccine is a calculated risk every single one as we're coming to find mm -hmm. out with Pfizer's vaccine people who have severe allergic reaction histories probably shouldn't get the Pfizer vaccine as yeah. we've come to find out and what other people don't realize is, is, you know, this whole, oh, well, they should have did more testing. They should have did more testing. Honestly, they have done what has been required by the FDA. Most mm -hmm. of these companies, when they do additional testing, they're doing it for their own benefit and their own data. Right. How to make it cheaper and more cost effective. They're not, trying, it, they're not trying to give you way more than you need. They want to give you exactly enough to where you have to come back and make money. And and the other issue too there is is that you know that testing that they have that additional testing that they have done is to make sure that they know the full scope of reactions that could happen. Yeah. And so, you know, the two people that have the two people that had reactions in the UK to the Pfizer vaccine have a long history of allergic reactions. Yes. So now people now we're letting people know it's like, hey, if you have a long history of it, it's probably not the vaccine for you. But in terms of what should be expected, honestly, that makes a lot of sense because people who have severe allergic reactions typically don't get certain vaccines because of those allergic reactions. So right. it falls actually within the realm of normal. You can't get the flu shot if you're allergic to eggs. Exactly. There's a lot of shots you can't get if you're allergic to eggs. Right. We have a friend that has a, a, you know, her youngest child can't get a lot of vaccines and so they have to come up with different modalities for her right so no, I totally agree. and I want people to know that this vaccine has been out for almost 12 months now it, it came out in in January and they've been <sighs> testing it ever since you know what I mean hundreds of thousands of people have been tested on mm -hmm. uh, hundred thousand people have been tested with the various vaccines yeah and guess what there's been a handful of, you know, quote unquote, severe reactions. Yeah. And they've either, you know, they've either resolved themselves or in the case of the Pfizer one that we found out, yeah, there's been some medical intervention involved. Yeah. But it's, you know, they've done all of the vetting that they were required to by the law. They just yeah. didn't do the, the extra testing that they would have normally done. And right, right now, is a public accountability of the vaccine and it, the process and a vote from a committee of not the people. It, I don't know. What's the word? It's scientists. It's not people that were attached to, to the vaccines An independent council. There's a, there's a meeting right now publicly going on about the vaccines and then they will vote whether they think it's okay to use. So right now you could hear all the information over on, I don't know what it is, MSNBC or something. Something like that. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I've got to tell people, it's like, 
you know, with this virus, there's a 20% chance that you will have a severe reaction to it. Mm. You will, you will get sick, end up in the, you, you will get severely sick. Mm. And of that 20% of people, 10% of those wind up in the hospital with a tube down their throat. And mm-hmm. overall people who get the virus 1% right now that we know of mm-hmm. are dying from it. So you literally have a one in 100 chance of dying from something versus right now. I think it's like a four in 200,000. So a one in 50,000 chance of having a reaction to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's a cal- Every vaccine is a calculated risk. Well, you know, the interesting thing that I would I would want everybody to know, at least every man, is that we don't know a lot about COVID and the, the effects either. But it turns out in the data, there is a subset of people that are, are going impotent from COVID. And guys, you got to wear yourself a, ma- a favor. Got to wear a mask. <laughs> wear a mask. Wear a mask and you get to keep your hard pee pee. That's right, because there is nothing worse than being flaccid at the wrong time. And if that's COVID, that's a lasting symptom. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> oh, all so right. why can't you get it up? I had COVID. Yeah. Okay, so you're really dumb. <laughs> Bye. Oh, and guess what? It's no longer a pre-existing condition. <laughs> yep. You get, a pay, you get a pay for those cock stiffeners all on your own. That's right. All right. I know you have to go, so I'll just do a little wrap up and then we can talk Alrighty. next week if you want. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find Public Access America, as always, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, and all of those. You can find us on Instagram. and Go check out our shows. You can even leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hey, podcasters. I love you guys. We'd love to talk. We're always trying to get conversations about things, topics, situations, uh, issues that we deal with on a grassroots level. Podcasters are already ready with their microphone to have a discussion. So if you have a discussion that you'd like to discuss, visit us at Public Access America. That's publicaccessamericagmail.com. Or you can message us on SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere else you want to. We love you guys. I'm babbling, so I'm going to let you go. Bye. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity,
now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.